Whereas actually, you are causing friction in the relationship by staying quiet. And you don't realize it because it's not a visible type of friction. Not opening up about how we feel, not opening up about how you feel, because you don't want to ruin the relationship, is actually what is ruining most relationships. Let me say that again. Not opening up about how you feel because you don't want to ruin the relationship is actually what is ruining most relationships. Welcome back to the What's Up and What's Next podcast, the greatest podcast of all times. Thank you so much for listening. I just wanted to share how grateful I am for you, how thankful I am to you, and how happy I am for you to be here, to take time out of your week, to take time out of your day, to listen to this podcast, to listen to this episode. It means the world to me, and I want to thank you because you're choosing growth. And hopefully, week in and week out, you are seeing the insights that I'm sharing, you are listening, you are going on and applying those insights and you are seeing the benefits from them. I always try and make it like every week you get access to my brain and my mind and I get to share something that I've been thinking about or I get to share something that uh, I really am passionate about or I simply share something that I feel the world needs to listen to. And that's really what it's about. It's about sharing, it's about expressing and it's hopefully about impacting. That's what I do, what I do. That's why... I created the podcast and I just wanted to say thank you. Hit the follow and subscribe button. Also leave us a review if you can because although it only takes a few seconds for you, it means the world for me and it also helps the podcast in such a massive way. You have no idea. It helps more than what you think. I see a lot of people invested in building a relationship, but not a lot of people are invested in making sure they're building a healthy relationship. Let me say that again. I see a lot of people invested in building a relationship, but not a lot of people are invested in making sure they're building a healthy relationship. It's like you're building something for the sake of building something. It's like you're just doing it because society says you need to be doing it. It's like you are ticking off a box of your checklist. You are literally ticking off a box of your checklist. I don't think there is a lack of relationships in the world. I think there is a lack of healthier relationships in the world. And I wanted to do this episode. I wanted to do this episode today to talk about the six steps that you can take to help create and maintain healthy relationships in your life, to help create meaningful, purposeful, and thoughtful relationships in your life, to help you to create, to help you to maintain a healthy and strong connection with your partner. So without further ado, let's get started, shall we? Number one, uncomfortable check-ins. Here's what I've noticed. I've noticed that what we do is we avoid uncomfortable conversations because we believe that having conversations that make us feel awkward, weird, uncomfortable and unsettling will cause more issues for the relationship. We believe it's going to cause more issues for the relationship, whereas actually having those same uncomfortable conversations is what will save you from more issues on your relationship. Not only that, but 
if you set the standard that in your relationship you don't have uncomfortable conversations, then both of you are going to bottle things up, both of you are eventually going to end up blowing up, and things will get out of proportion, and all for what? Because you weren't willing to have an uncomfortable conversation? Because you weren't willing to have an uncomfortable conversation? It's one of those things that you should have them often, but you should have them often and early as possible. Like, the earlier you set that standard, the better it will be, because when you set the standard in your relationship that says, I want us to be honest with each other, even if it makes us uncomfortable, I want us to be honest and I want us to work together, the more you have those conversations, the easier it gets. Because when you say to each other, look, I want us to have honest and transparent conversations. I want us to be honest with each other. Even if that makes us feel uncomfortable, I value this so much that I would rather us be uncomfortable in a conversation because I know that it will benefit us and our relationship. I know it's uncomfortable and unsettling, but I would rather us do this now because I value our relationship so much. And the more often you have conversations like that, the easier it gets because the standard you're setting is now one of honesty and truth and that will strengthen your relationship because you might feel externally uncomfortable for one hour during a conversation, but that will save you from feeling internally uncomfortable for months. Let me say that one again. Because you might feel externally uncomfortable for one hour during a conversation, but that will save you from feeling internally uncomfortable for months. And there are conversations that you can have with your partner. There are questions that you can ask. Like when I talk about uncomfortable check-ins, what I'm saying is have them on demand, which means if you need to have a chat about something that is bothering you, have it at the earliest opportunity possible for you to. But also I'm talking about every month or every two months or every three months, just asking each other, just checking in and asking each other a set of questions. Um, those could range from, is there anything that's been bothering you in our relationship? Do you have any concerns about how our relationship has been going? Is there something that I do that you really love and enjoy and that I should do more of? Is there something that I've been doing that maybe you don't enjoy as much and I should do less of? Do you think we are going in the right direction? Or are we going in the direction that you want us to go? These are just examples of questions that you could ask each other to really gain an understanding of whether or not your relationship is developing in the way that you want it to develop. And this is very uncomfortable. It's super uncomfortable to ask someone, is there something that's bothering you in our relationship? And then hear them actually speak on that. That's super uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable to hear someone say, I think you should do less of this. Like all of this is so uncomfortable, but if you don't have those conversations, you will always run on assumptions. And a relationship that is based on assumptions doesn't run for long enough. It just simply doesn't. So ask those difficult questions, ask those tough questions, but just remember, you're not doing it to attack the other person. You're doing it to understand the other person. You're not doing it to destroy the relationship. You're doing it to build the connectionship.
you've got to understand that the intention and the goal is to move forward with certainty. It's to move forward with clarity. It's to move forward. It's not to move backwards. It's not to put someone down. So you can be uncomfortable with those conversations as long as you're having those conversations. Look, this is important. This is the real important stuff. This is what showcases what you guys are really made of and what you really truly want. And you'd rather know that you're on the same page now than to find out three years later that you were never on the same page. Number two, honest, open and transparent communication. You know me, I always bang on about communication because God knows how important this is. So I'm following up from the last one. Communication is incredibly important. And you might have heard me talk about it so many times now that you know that for me, communication is about speaking, listening and understanding. For me, those are the three elements that make good, effective communication. You have to be willing to be honest, open and transparent enough to voice your concerns. Look, the worst thing that you can do is to shy away from speaking up on your concerns, from speaking up on your thoughts and from speaking up on your emotions. I see so many people who stay quiet because they feel like if they open up, they will cause friction in the relationship. Whereas actually you are causing friction in the relationship by staying quiet. And you don't realize it because it's not a visible type of friction. Not opening up about how we feel, not opening up about how you feel because you don't want to ruin the relationship is actually what is ruining most relationships. Let me say that again not opening up about how you feel because you don't want to ruin the relationship is actually what is ruining most relationships. It's your fear of communicating honestly and just wanting everything to be okay. Like you are coming from a good place. I know you are. You just want everything to be okay. And you feel like if you say something, things are not gonna be okay. But you have to know that if you're not speaking on things, just because you want everything to be okay, slowly but surely, you will cause things to not be okay at all because you never spoke about them in the first place. Communicate with your partner and let them know that you want to talk to them. But be mindful of the timing. If it's going to be like a heavy conversation, maybe it's not a good idea to do it before they have a work meeting or before they have something important going on. But also don't avoid it and don't delay it for too long. You should seek to have a conversation as soon as possible and as soon as it's convenient for both of you. And when you have that conversation, please don't have it from the point of view of, oh, you're a terrible partner because you did this. You're a horrible boyfriend because you did that. You're a terrible girlfriend because you did that. No, have it from the point of view of when you did this, you made me feel like this. Notice how in the first sentence, you're basically telling them off and you're talking at them. Whereas in the second sentence, you are talking with them. You are sharing how you felt. That makes a difference. Number three, understanding each other's love languages. Now, please be sure to listen to the podcast episode I did a few episodes ago on the five love languages as that episode that I made will give you such an in-depth insight to them. However, I'm happy to just briefly recap them. There are five love languages, according to Gary Chapman. They are words of affirmations, physical touch, gifts, acts of service, and quality time. Let me summarize them for you. Words of affirmation are about encouragement, about acknowledgement, 
about validation, but in a genuine way. Use words in a genuine way. Don't overuse them. Don't underuse them. Use them in a genuine, real, meaningful way. Physical touch. It's about connecting via touch. Kisses, hugs, holding hands, a pat on the back, and more, of course. Receiving gifts. It's about gifts that can hold the meaning, no matter how big or small, no matter how cheap or expensive, no matter how personalized or generalized. Gifts is about the meaning behind it, the purpose behind it. Acts of service. It's about serving your partner. Maybe you cook for someone. Maybe you help them out with something they're struggling with. Maybe you grab them a glass of water. Maybe you give them a lift to somewhere. Maybe you open the door for them. The acts of service that you can provide are endless. And quality time. It's about spending undivided and uninterrupted focus time and energy on the person that you're with. It's important that you understand how you like to receive love and how your partner likes to receive love. And in what order that is. And I feel like you have to ask yourself and you have to ask your partner to really find out because once you understand how they like to receive love, you can love them better and in a way that makes them feel love. You can do everything and more for the person you love. You can go above and beyond for the person you love and they can still feel unloved. And that's because if you don't know how to love them, you will struggle to make them feel loved. Let me say that again. If you don't know how to love them, you will struggle to make them feel loved. Number four, understanding each other's fight languages. This is just as important as understanding their love languages. Understanding their fight languages helps you navigate better how to resolve conflict, how to deal with confrontation, how to resolve issues, how to manage situations. I feel like we all get incredibly lost trying to navigate how to love, that we forget how to navigate how to fight. And that is just as important because for me personally, whilst love can make you rise in a relationship, fight can make you fall in a relationship. And there's multiple ways of handling conflict. Let me share some of the most common ones. Talking things out. This is my fight language, personally. I'm the type of person that I just want to talk things out. I, I feel like talking things out helps me. And so when a conflict arises or a problem occurs, my instinct is I just want to talk things out at the earliest opportunity possible. But I have actually talked to someone in the past, again, story from my past, who was the complete opposite, which leads me to talk about another fight language, which I'm calling processing things out. There's people just like this person from my past who basically shut down when something happens or who go quiet when something happens. They are not going quiet or shutting down because they don't want to talk. It's not that at all. They are going quiet or shutting down because they need to process things out and they need time and energy to be able to do that. So in the past, what was happening every time me and this person had some sort of disagreement or some sort of issue would occur is I would always be super keen to talk things out straight away and she would just be quiet and shut down and not say much immediately. And that's because she needed time to process things out. That's because she needed time to process before talking. And so our fight languages were clashing and it would be frustrating to me because I couldn't understand at the time why she wouldn't want to talk straight away. And it would be frustrating to her because she couldn't understand why 
I wanted to talk straight away. And this is why it's important for you and your partner to understand each other's fight languages because what you want to avoid is you want to avoid clashing. So going back to my story from my past, when we realized this, what we did was we allowed time for each other to process things and we talk whenever ready to talk. We would agree that we need this much time to process things and then this much time to talk them out. This way, we came to sort of a common ground because I was allowing her to process things at her own pace, which she needed, so that we would then have a conversation where I wasn't just talking. She was also talking because she was ready to do so. And I had been ready to do so. So you see how you can always reach a middle ground and find a way that benefits both of you. Yes, I mean, I probably had to wait a little bit longer before I get to talk things out. But at the same time, because I'm already ready to talk, and I'm allowing space for her to process things so that she becomes ready to talk, then we would meet in the middle and find the best opportunity to talk. And again, this is a story of my past, but the learning from here is that you need to understand your partner's fight language and how to move forward together in a way that allows you both to handle things in a mutually beneficial way. And if you feel like you don't know much about love languages or fight languages or you don't understand the dynamics of a relationship or you feel like you could use with personal growth, you feel like you could use with personal development. I'm a JSHED certified life coach and I have had the pleasure to help so many people and it makes me so happy to see so many people grow, so many people develop and so many people achieve the dreams and their goals and really learn to process their emotions, to navigate their emotions, to navigate their relationships and to handle their love in relationships. It's not easy, but it's worth it. It's not easy, but it's possible. And I've helped so many clients and I feel blessed. You know, I really feel blessed to be able to say that I've managed to create an impact in clients and allow them to achieve results that have helped them become better as people that have helped them create better lives for them and being there and watching that journey unfold and guiding that journey unfold is one of the most rewarding feelings ever. So if you are interested in this sounds like something that you want to indulge in and a journey that you want to embark on, go to ericjivrajcoaching.com and you can book a free discovery call with me so that me and you can work out how to best work together to really achieve all those goals that you've always talked about, but you never got around to it. Or to really achieve all those dreams that you've always dreamed about, but you don't know how to go about. Let's talk. Let's make it happen. Number five, try new things for the first time together. I'm talking date nights. I'm talking date days. I'm talking activities indoor. I'm talking activities outdoors. I'm talking trying new things for the first time together. Imagine experiencing something for the first time ever together, like going to a new restaurant for the first time together, like going to do an activity for the first time together, like going to watch a movie for the first time together, like traveling to a new city or country for the first time together. I'm not talking about you taking your partner to a place they have never been before, but that you have, because that doesn't count as experiencing something new together. If you are taking your partner to somewhere they've never been, but that you have been, then that only counts as you providing your partner with a new experience. It doesn't count as you and your partner experiencing a new experience together. The feeling you get when both of you 
do something together for the very first time, that feeling, that memory, that emotion, that thought, it becomes memorable and unforgettable. And it deepens the connection because you're now experiencing something with someone for the first time and you're both sharing that first time together, enhancing your relationship even further. And I'm sure you can understand this because when you think about your first times in life, they're memorable. They hold a special meaning. Why? Because it was the first time that you felt that experience. Because it was the first time. Now imagine having that first time with the person you cared the most with. Those first time experiences become so much better. And you learn so much. And you experience and embrace and enjoy so much. Number six, growing together. People forget that relationships only work if you're both willing to grow together. If you're both willing to build together. If you're both willing to learn together, develop together, enhance together, share together, experience together, elevate together, enlighten together, empower together. Relationships without growth are failed relationships. There are so many different ways, so many different ways that you can grow together. Having deep, meaningful conversations about things is one way. Listening to a podcast and then discussing it together is one way. And I'd highly recommend you and your partner listen to an episode of the What's Up and What's Next podcast because I heard it's a really good podcast and you should check it out. And then discuss it afterwards or share with each other your thoughts on books, movies, shows, videos. If you're not sharing, you're not allowing yourselves to indulge in growth. The same way that if you don't challenge each other and if you don't push each other, you won't grow. You should feel allowed to challenge each other's thought processes. You don't just grow when you agree with each other. You also grow when you disagree with each other. There is power and beauty in exposing each other to different views, to different perspectives, to different angles. There is power and beauty in that. Another way to grow is for you both to work on a project together. This can be anything as small as planning your next holiday getaway together, all the way to uh, creating a company together, maybe starting a YouTube channel together, maybe doing a podcast together. Whatever it is that you choose to do as your project together, it will be something that will generate growth amongst each other. It will be something that will create opportunities of growth and development amongst each other. Because now you're both focusing on something that is meaningful, thoughtful, and purposeful for you both. It's not just meaningful, thoughtful, and purposeful for one of you. No, no, no. It's meaningful, thoughtful, and purposeful for both of you. For example, if you're choosing to plan a holiday together, both of you are going to have to spend more time and energy together. Both of you are going to feel a lot more achieved and closer to each other because as you move through the process of figuring things out like, where do we go? How do we get there? What places do we visit? Which places will we book? Which, which places will you book? Which places will they book? And just that whole teamwork and that bonding experience all around will cause you to feel closer, but also cause you to grow closer. The same applies if you were to start a podcast together or if you were to start a business together or whatever project you choose to do together. It will always make you feel closer, but also it will also make you grow closer. Relationships require growth, man. They really do, you know? Because if the relationship isn't growing, it's dying. The pendulum always swings one of two ways. 
If your relationship is not growing, it's dying. And there's multiple ways to achieve growth in a relationship. I just gave you a few of them that will definitely help, but just know there's way more. And I really hope that you get to share this episode with someone who you believe will benefit from listening to it. I hope you send this episode to your friends, to your partners, to your work colleagues, maybe to family members. Send them to people who you think could benefit from this. Because in today's episode, I have given you six ways, six steps in which you can create and maintain healthier relationships, in which you can create and maintain deeper connections. I've shared things that I hope will massively help you because they have helped me throughout my whole life. And so I hope they help you throughout yours. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate you so, so much. Thank you for sticking with me week in and week out. Thank you so, so much. You mean a lot to me and I am so grateful that you choose to sit down or maybe drive, maybe go for a walk. However you choose to listen to this episode, I'm just grateful that you choose to do so. Hit the follow and subscribe button and please leave us a review. It helps us more than what you think and it only takes a few seconds and it does wonders for the podcast. Thank you so much in advance. It will be much appreciated. And if you have enjoyed today's episode, then please make sure to listen to the next podcast to find out what's up and what's next.